Welcome to It's a Good Life podcast, where it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel, and do better. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, thank you, Mr. Lally, and the top of the morning to everyone. Great to be with you. Today, we're going to talk about innovation. Innovation is at the crux and the core of all successful business ventures, all entrepreneurs. However, I'm going to walk you through a format today that might be very helpful and maybe to think about innovation differently than you do now. When people think innovation today, the next thing they think about is some form of technology. And there is no doubt that in the last 20 to 25 years, most of the great advances we've seen societally have been innovation that have taken place technologically. However, that is not where all innovation takes place. Because of that, many people exclude themselves from the process of innovation. And so I want to walk you through that today. I got three things to share with you. First of all, it's the caution, the caution of innovation, which is to beware of the shiny object syndrome, SOS, SOS, the shiny object syndrome. The second thing is, where are you showing your age in regards to your business and your fundamentals? And then third, synergy, feedback, and creativity the real formula for innovation, the real ingredients in making the innovation pie. So let's talk about it to start with shiny object syndrome. My good friend Joe Nego used to say, uh, that guy is like a one-eyed dog in a meat market, right? And the one-eyed dog, he's, he's looking around and he's panting around and he's, all he sees is cuts of meat and he's in a frantic state. Well, that's one of the dynamics we have today. You know, my kids are obviously younger than me. They span from 20 to 30. They've grown up with the cell phones. They've grown up pure in the era of technology and the internet and social media and all the different dynamics. You know, here we are and Apple just celebrated its 15-year anniversary of the iPhone. Well, my kids, for the most part, they, they never know life without an iPhone. They wouldn't know what a flip phone is to save their life. They wouldn't know what a home phone is. I don't think our kids could ever remember a time when we actually had a home phone a physical phone that rang in our house. In fact, I remember my daughter, Amy, for her 18th birthday, she wanted a rotary dial phone in her room. She thought that was like the coolest thing, kind of an antique. And I'm laughing because that's still in my home in Dublin. You know, So we think in terms of technology, but we often then miss out that we can contribute. Those of us who are not technologically minded, I'm never going to write code. Therefore, sometimes people don't believe they should participate in the creative process and the innovation process. So beware of shiny object syndrome. The first thing is that new is exciting. And that is both great news and it is a cautionary tale because we can get really hooked up on the new, right? It's kind of like eating sugar. We know we need energy. In Ireland, we don't have the Snickers bar. We have a marathon bar. And uh, you look at it and it has how many units of energy it has. It can also fool you to think this is good for you, right? Well, just like that candy bar, it can give you energy, but it's also the kind of energy we know that helps you crash and burn. So short-term sugar highs run out. Caffeine highs run out. Booze highs run out. The same with innovation. So new is exciting, which is great. And we want that excitement, especially in business. But we got to be aware, sometimes it's a sugar high. Can you get the energy from a more prodigious source? We're going to talk about that when we get into the ingredients for energy. Super author Jack Kerouac, he says, great things are not accomplished by those who yield to trends and fads and popular opinion. And obviously, 
shiny object syndrome in the form of innovation can often be very trendy and very faddish. Frank Capra, great producer and director, said, don't follow trends, start trends. And then John Updike said, Americans have been conditioned to respect newness, whatever it costs them. And there's no question that's the case today. You know, I've had conversations with my kids where they've been working hard, they've been saving and investing since they were five years old. And all of their friends in college, especially my college-age kids, oh, they're into crypto and they're trading crypto and they want to be crypto brokers. And I'm sitting here talking and we're having these discussions and they feel like all their buddies have passed them by and passed them by. Now all their buddies are coming going, I've lost everything. I've lost 70% of my money. I've lost 70% of my investments because they were caught up in that shiny new object. And my kids have been chipping away on these fundamental investments. And now all of a sudden, my kids, each one of them, are well on their way long-term. If they hold for a long time, they'll, they'll all have their own individual fortunes that they've earned, they've saved, and they've invested for. Because we didn't get caught up in the shiny object syndrome. New is distracting. New can take you away. New is, I, I need the energy. I feel a little bored. So new can be distracting. Someone I quote often is Epictetus, the Greek philosopher. And he said, getting distracted by trifles is the easiest thing in the world. Focus on your main duty. And that's a couple thousand years old, right? But apparently shiny object syndrome is a couple thousand years old. It's just in our world today, it comes at us so fast. There is some kind of innovation. There's some kind of new tech every single day on the market. There's lots of money behind it. There's lots of moonshots behind it, which is investments where big companies and big organizations and big funds try these moonshots and they throw a bunch of money at something that might have a 1% chance of working. And so very, very important, you don't have a moonshot be the core of your business. Bruce Lee said the successful warrior is the average person with laser-like focus. Alexander Graham Bell, right? He's the Scotch inventor who invented the uh, telephone. He said, concentrate all your thoughts upon the work at hand. The sun's rays do not burn until brought into focus. So remember, shiny object syndrome, new is exciting, new can be distracting. New also feels like movement, the third aspect of shiny object syndrome. When you're working along, when you're doing your work, and you're practicing your fundamentals, progress can often feel like stagnation. And I know so many people that just gave up on a business that was really doing well, on processes that were taking their time and coming along. We see this in the coaching business. I really believe one of the biggest elements of coaching is to help people push through the dog days when they don't feel like they're making progress. They're not getting all the results. They're planting the seeds. They're doing the watering. They're doing the fertilizing. They're doing all the right lead generation and business building activities. And it doesn't feel like it. But what I see our coaches constantly do is help people persevere until the harvest comes. Many people plant the seed and pull it up in three days to see if it's sprouted. And that's when you're ruined. A lot of people do that. So the new can feel exciting. It can feel distracting. It can be distracting. It can help you, give you this sense of movement, which often breaks through this feeling of stagnation. Also, starting something new makes you feel alive. Makes you feel alive. You get the juices. You get that energy. You get that sugar high when you start something new. It's exciting. And, and I've seen so many people do this in all kinds of things. People do this with relationships. I like that dating period. Well, guess what? You'll be dating forever, and it's not always that fun. A great example of this would be early on in my real estate career. And 
I had this guy, and he just loved to do handyman projects. He liked to do projects, and he loved starting them. It gave him great juice, and he'd lay out what he was going to do, and he's going down to Home Depot, and he tears out the bathroom wall, and he starts putting things in. He wasn't great at finishing. He was addicted to the feeling of the new start. When I went to sell his home, he had put so much time and so much money. He had 10 unfinished projects. When I sold the home for him, it devastated him that I listed the house as a fixer-upper. He was a handyman. He liked to do handy work. Every weekend, he was going to Home Depot. He never finished anything. He had to discount the value of his home because he was an unfinished symphony. He loved the excitement of the new. He loved getting the project on wheels. He liked starting and liked starting. But like I will say this, there are many businesses and lives that are unfinished projects because people constantly get connected to the shiny object syndrome. They like the excitement of the new. They get distracted by the new. They like the movement of the new. But their business and their life is a fixer-upper because they never finish anything. Finishing is key. I'm involved in a, a project right now. We bought a horse ranch. We moved to the property. And just getting people to finish, getting contractors to finish. And they, they'll take it to 90%. I'm not a 90% guy. And I am riding these people like sorry. I'm the best guy in the world to work for because I like to treat people with dignity. I pay them well. I'm an encourager by nature. But I'm also a guy that makes people follow through on their commitments. And when I've, I've got one project right now where these guys, they got it to 90%. And then they didn't show up and they didn't show up. And here's the deal. I am not paying a dime. And they are going to be out of pocket and out of sorts. And I'm riding these guys like Zaro till they finish. And now they're going to have to finish in a way that I am going to walk through the job with a fine-tooth comb. Because... They haven't made the commitment to finish. Finishing is key. And finishing is one of the key ingredients to innovation. So just starting, just getting going, just having the excitement, that's just playing business. That's not being in business. So the next dynamic with regards to innovation and why we need to innovate is where are we showing our age? There was a great book by this title, but I I really believe this is essential in business. It's called Sacred Cows Make the Best Burgers. It's a great book. And in every business, When you have fundamentals, right? It's not the abandonment of the fundamentals, but sometimes the fundamentals need to be enhanced and raised to a new level. And see, that's where, for me, especially technology and innovation, when those support fundamentals, that's when it all works. When we built our contact management system a number of years ago, it was to take the core fundamentals of the working by referral system, and then we put it on boosters, by adding the innovation, adding the technology to support it. And we're constantly innovating that contact management system, the the referral maker CRM, constantly spending money, constantly innovating. We have an entire plan constantly every year of the improvements we're going to make to it. But the thing is, we don't have that just to have it. We have it because it's a technology and an innovation that takes the fundamentals and drives them further. And this is kind of a key ingredient to me when I've witnessed innovation work is that it should be inside your fundamentals. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. So sacred cows come up against personal resistance. You'll hear things like, well, this is how we've always done it, right? There becomes a resistance to change with people. And a lot of times because people's identity is tied up in their jobs. So when you're messing with innovation, you're messing with their identity because they find a sense of safety and comfort with the job. 
And I'm just going to say this. When people cling on to a job, when people cling on to their identity, they're always the first to go. When people lean into the innovation and lean into the what can be, those are the people who get to expand their skill sets and get to stay around to see the innovation take place. And so Maya Angelou said, you know, you can't use up creativity. The more you use, the more you have. Creativity is key. Innovation is key. And I'll walk you through a process on how to innovate. So, right, we're going to cook the sacred cow burgers. Be willing to challenge the status quo. The next piece to that innovation process is who else is doing it well? There's a great verse in the scriptures that say there's nothing new under the sun. I always ask myself the question, who else is doing it well? You know, if I'm looking at core fundamentals, whether it's in sales or marketing or customer service or product development or whatever it is, who else is doing it well? I want to see who in the marketplace is doing something exactly or kind of like it. In fact, for myself, you know, people have said, like, I innovated an industry, like the business coaching side of things. I mean, we built basically what became an industry. 30 years ago, people weren't talking about personal coaching for business. Now, did I invent it? Absolutely not. And I've always been a guy, what I would say is I use synthetic creativity, which is, okay, this person here, they're doing business coaching over here, but they're using inside practitioners. So they're using people, for example, in the real estate business, they're using realtors who are coaching on the side and they all work from home or remotely. I'm like, eh, I like the idea that they're doing one-on-one coaching. So I'm going to take that piece, but I'm going to bring them in-house and have them highly skilled and highly trained and fully dedicated people. You know, I've always said when business owners have full-time problems, they need a full-time coach, not part-time coaches with part-time solutions. And so I took a bit of that. Someone out there was doing conference calls and that was their coaching program. Well, I, I liked that, but I went, I want to do something where we brought in and became a webcast. So I would do a broadcast in front of my staff and then we would allow people to call in. So I took the conference call piece and then took that and modified it, put that together. Uh, small groups. I wanted to get people together to synergize. Well, that wasn't in business, but I, I noticed the biggest churches around the country that had huge, big communities of people, they were breaking it down into groups of 10 and 12. And in fact, we brought in a consultant from one of the largest churches in San Diego who they came and consulted with us. And we made a donation to the church and they consulted with us on how to build small groups. We then built a technology that was more advanced than what they had And we gave them that technology back to that church, which then expanded that church significantly. So we took their ideas. Overall, I saw ideas and concepts that were in the marketplace, and we took them together, we improved them somewhat, and then aligned them in an offering that had never been done before. So I would say we had seven major offerings when we launched as an organization, and I'd say six or seven of those existed in different industries, in different places. And we executed on it differently, packaged it differently, put it together, and then it became revolutionary to the industry. That's who else is doing it well. Confucius said, by three methods, we may learn wisdom. First, by reflection, which is noblest. Second, by imitation, which is easiest. And third, by experience, which is the bitterest. And we have to learn from our own past. That's a brilliant, brilliant statement there. Reflection, imitation, and then experience. Tom Peter said, life is pretty simple. You do some stuff, most fails, some works. You do more of what works. If it works big, others quickly copy it. Then you do something else. The trick is in the doing something else. No doubt about it. 
And I've seen that. You know, we've had many, many knockoffs of our process over the years. And normally by the time those organizations caught up to us, we had already innovated and moved down the road. And we're usually three to four to five years ahead of them. Lastly, and probably the best piece of advice I can give a business owner is to innovate your fundamentals. Innovate your fundamentals. A lot of times people come up with an idea, again, part of the shiny object syndrome, and it's just not connected to the core of their business and service. When you innovate your core fundamentals, you bring an excitement and a newness to it. I have people who've been in our coaching program for 25 years. They're not just followers. We've innovated and created things. They come to the events. The events are constantly being innovated and upgraded. Uh, This podcast, as you notice, we've rebranded, retooled. We're constantly innovating. I promise you, you will not be in a spot where three years from now, you're going, oh yeah, this is the same as episode one, seven, eight, nine years ago of the Brian Buffini show. No, this is the Good Life podcast. This is innovation. It's creativity. I brought David in, Danny in, being the voice of the audience, asking questions, doing different things, different types of formats we use. We have a whole bunch of innovations for the podcast next year, which we're going to hope you really like. You give us your feedback and we'll do more of it. You you say, hey, this was great. And you tell us, ah, we didn't like that so much. Great. We'll do less of it. We're going to trust you as our audience to tell us what you like, but we're going to innovate the fundamentals. Jim Rohn, my mentor, said success is neither magical nor mysterious. Success is the natural consequence of applying basic fundamentals. Michael Jordan said, get the fundamentals down and the level of everything you do will rise. My favorite author, Brian Buffini, said, a professional is a person who's paid to undertake a specialized set of tasks and orchestrate them with uncommon skill. Innovate your fundamentals. Get better at your core. Bring life and freshness to the core. You know, you look at it, the movie Top Gun has set records everywhere. Well, they took the original story, the original story, and they just kind of built upon it. Now, with that, there was some innovation. The technology is better in regards to these planes flying around, and the technology is better in regards to the editing, the filming, very well done. It was an innovation of an existing script, an existing story that candidly, you know, and I'm nostalgic because the first Top Gun is the first movie I saw when I came to America in 1986. So I'm very connected to it. And I moved to San Diego, which is Fighter Town, USA. I lived right next to the Miramar Air Base, which was where Top Gun School was. So I'm very tied to it, very nostalgic, you know. I remember riding my motorcycle with the uh, Danger Zone song, Kenny Loggins. I don't know about you, but every time I see Kenny Loggins, I think of the beard and I think of the sweaters he wore, right? Very 1986. Well, the new Top Gun comes out and it's the core message, the core movie, the core context, the core character, and just innovated. And it is spectacular. It is spectacular. And it has taken the old movie and candidly, very hard to make a second movie better than the first. There's no comparison between the new Top Gun Maverick and the original one. Now, again, very thankful for the original one. I had my kids go to it with me and Bev, and we made them watch the old one first, and that really helps. But the fact of the matter is you innovate your fundamentals. So sacred cows make the best burger. Who else is doing it well? Use that synthetic creativity and innovate your fundamentals. So lastly, we're going to finish up here with the ingredients for innovation. We got to innovate. We got to create, and we got to bring it to the marketplace make our organizations better, make our teams better, make ourselves better, and then also make our products and services better. So the formula is very simple. Here's the three ingredients, synergy, feedback, and creativity. 
So the first thing to do is synergize outside your space. So one of the things I like to do and have done for years when I was just solely focused on the real estate community, I would bring people from outside real estate to speak to the real estate community. Now, they wanted me and my company to give them specifics and how-tos in their space, but I brought people constantly in from outside. And that is a key ingredient to all innovation. Because somehow, you know, I've met with people who are in the health and well-being business, or they run hospitals. And, and what in the heck has that got to do with coaching? But when I see how they go through their process or some of their best innovations, been very, very helpful for me in my business. So you want to synergize outside your space. Find people who are in business, and it doesn't have to be your business. And then you just got to find how to translate what they're doing and their innovation and bring it back into yours, which is kind of a fun thing to do. Jim Rohn said, if better were within, better would come out. So sometimes we got to go outside. Uh, Charles Kettering, very famous businessman, said, if you hang bird cages in your mind, you eventually get something to put in them, <laughs> which is totally true. That is totally true. And that's how innovation works. That's how creativity works. Evelyn Waugh, the British author, said, when the water holes were dry, people sought to drink at the mirage. Powerful stuff. So synergize outside your space. Next, get feedback from staff and key customers. Get feedback from staff and key customers. So when we would do our tours, our success tours, we'd have these big giant events. My brother Dermot, along with our marketing team, our product development people, we'd get 12 of our coaching clients from all people who've been with us 20 years, people who've been with us five years, whatever, everything in between from all different regions, and they'd do feedback. And they'd use our formula of what we call the magic meeting and get their feedback, get their input. Then we would have different customers who use our products and services. And we'd have 12 of those folks. And we would do this in every city we went to in North America. And we'd get all this feedback, all this feedback, and it made us better and helps us better. Still do this today. Pat Lancioni said, remember, teamwork begins by building trust. And the only way to do that is to overcome our need for invulnerability. We want to, hey, I want your feedback. I want your input. I don't say I have all the answers. I want to be a little vulnerable. Say, how, how can we get better? What's working well? What needs improvement? What are your ideas? Steve Jobs said, great things in business are never done by one person. They're done by a team of people. And then Frank Sonnenberg says, the only thing worse than not requesting feedback is not acting on it. Very, very powerful. The last little piece to this is when you want to create, you got to get outside the office. You get off-site to create. And like I mentioned, with my team here, even with the podcast, get off-site. We get a suite right overlooking the ocean. Beautiful environment. Really nice place. You know, flip charts, marker pens, wallpaper the walls, ideas, thoughts, creativity. That's where it comes. That's how it flows. So you get off-site to create. Twyla Tharp, as a U.S. dancer, said, in order to be creative, you have to know how to prepare to be creative. So put yourself in a place to be creative. Prepare to be creative. Bring the content, bring the information, and then create the space to be creative. David Karp, who's a tech entrepreneur, said, find a space where you can be creative and a place where you are open for free thinking. You want to enjoy what you are doing and do what you are best at. So create that space. And then lastly, Charles Bauer, who's a professor, said, a new idea is delicate. It can be killed by a sneer or a yawn. It can be stabbed to death by a quip and worried to death by a frown on the right person's brow. Powerful. 
That's why you want to have the right people who are creative in the room. I don't bring a lot of implementers. I don't bring a lot of the how-to people. How are we going to do this? How's that? Well, that's not going to work with our system. That's not going to work with our email process. I don't bring the lawyer. I don't bring the, I don't bring them. I bring creative people to creative meetings because that's not the time for how does it work? How are we going to do it? That's not the time. When people are writing goals, I champion them all the time. Forget the how for now. The fact of the matter is you have to create. You have to innovate. You need possibility thinking. Get off site. Be creative. Well, hopefully this has been helpful for you. We talked about the shiny object syndrome and how it's uh, on one hand very exciting, but it can be very damaging. We talked about where do you show on your age and where we need to create and innovate on our fundamentals and find out who else is doing it well. And then we want synergy, feedback, and creativity to ultimately be the ingredients for innovation. When you innovate, you stay fresh, you stay young, your team stays fresh, your team stays engaged. You keep your customers enthused and you're bringing something new to the market, even if you're bringing something new to something old like your fundamentals. Hopefully this has been helpful for you. I've enjoyed bringing it to you today and I'm going to share an Irish blessing from my mom. Now this is a person who knows a lot about ingredients because she spent 91 years cooking up a storm for the Buffini family. So over to you, Therese, and leave us today with the ingredients for a nice Irish blessing. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back may the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face and until we meet again may god hold you in the hollow of his hand see you next time (laughs) 